All right, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Proverbs chapter 8 tonight, the book of Proverbs, right after Psalm, I guess before Ecclesiastes and Isaiah, but the book of Proverbs, um, you know, such a wonderful book. Um, you know, normally in the book of Proverbs, there's a lot of, uh, each verse is almost independent. You may have a verse or two together, but a lot of them are independent of each other. But you've got a couple of spots, uh, and this is one of them, where it's kind of like a little longer uh, of a passage. But the book of Proverbs is a wonderful book. Um, I remember a long time ago uh, at church camp, uh, one of the uh, I was a counselor at the time, and one of the older men uh, that was helping us in our cabin, he challenged uh, the young men. He said, uh, you know, Proverbs is a book you can read every day. You know, you can read it. Uh, and he said an easy thing to do is just read the chapter of that day uh, of the month. And he said, you'll read it all the way through. There's 31 chapters. And then he said, just start over again. And I know every time I've ever done that, every time I've ever turned to this book, there's always been something uh, that has, has been helpful for the day. Uh, but I, I just want to dig into the first couple verses of chapter 8 tonight. Uh, it says this, Proverbs 8, 1, Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice? She standeth in the top of high places, by the way in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming in, at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O ye simple, understand wisdom, and ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for its truth. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me to be able to preach tonight. Lord, that you would use me. Lord, help me to feed your sheep. Lord, help us to draw close to you. Lord, fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit, and also help me to get out of the way. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, help us to challenge us tonight, to uplift us, and to learn more of you. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name, and amen. So uh, the, this chapter, chapter 8, is talking mainly about wisdom. And wisdom is a common uh, uh, subject that's dealt with in the book of Proverbs. Really, the main, uh, probably the main topic uh, is wisdom. Uh, and in chapter 8, you see something different. Wisdom uh, is personified. It's almost like a person, like a woman, uh, you see. And she is crying out. Uh, but this isn't the first time in the book where she's mentioned like this. If you go all the way back to chapter 1 and verse 20, it says this, When wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. So if you, you think of those couple of verses, along with what we just read, it it really is pretty repetitive. It's almost saying pretty much the same thing. Uh, we see wisdom as a woman crying out. Uh, and I think, you know, I don't know about you, but every time uh, the teacher would repeat something, right, it would be more important. Like that's usually the thing that would be on the quiz or the test or something like that. I believe whenever the Bible repeats something, it's really trying to get our attention because we know that the Bible uh, is not something that is uh, full of fluff. It is not full of extra verses or extra things. It is very concise, uh, but when it's repeated, uh, I think the Holy Spirit, uh, our teacher today, is trying to get our attention and get the truth across. Uh, but one of the things we have 
uh, kind of a definition of wisdom in James 3.17. I'll read it real quick. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So we see uh, a lot of different things about wisdom. Uh, but one of, the, one of the main things when it talks about the Bible is the Bible will split up knowledge and wisdom. And knowledge an easy way of thinking about it is what's up here in the head. That's the facts, uh, the things that you know, like the, uh, I, I know the moon is round. I know when you can even have Bible knowledge about things and say, well, I, I know the order of the kings uh, of Israel. Uh, you know, I've memorized the books of the Bible. I've done this. I've done that. A lot of that is just knowledge. And the problem with knowledge uh, is it's really good if you're trying to win a Bible trivia or, or a trivia contest, but if that's all that, it, if it doesn't go any further than that, that's a problem. Have you ever met someone that's full of Bible knowledge, but that's about it? Wisdom is the next step. That's taking the knowledge of the Bible and actually living it out. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's making decisions. You know, we, we make a lot of decisions and a lot of practical ones in life. Uh, but wisdom uh, dealt, applied in our life, especially in decision making and in our actions, I think it does a couple things. Uh, the Bible wants us to make decisions and wisdom that are number one. One sinless. That's what it talked about in James, pure decisions. Not, uh, if we're going to have biblical wisdom and, and we're going to apply what the Bible has for our life and be led by the Spirit and everything else, we're going to be pure and sinless. Those are righteous things that the Bible is leading to. But not only that, wisdom also has us to honor God. And it, it, a lot of times you see, you can see it's easy to, to look at the world as the opposite. The world is not God honoring, they're man honoring. That's what we see in the world. They're, they're honoring themselves, lifting up themselves. But when we look at the Bible and we want to apply the Bible to our life and really live the way God wants us to do uh, when it's talking about wisdom, it is a God honoring life that we should be living. But not only that. It helps to benefit those around us. And here's another opposite of the world. You know, when we are living the way the Bible tells us to live and living in a wisdom-filled life of action, taking the Bible and applying it to our life, it benefits those around us. It benefits our family, our friends, our coworkers, you know, fellow students, neighbors, everyone around us. It benefits, uh, which again, the world is the opposite. What do you see the world? The world is self-centered, aren't they? It's, it's all about me. What benefits me? What helps me? What decisions? will make me feel good and the Bible steers us in the other direction we cannot uh, uh, you know it it's amazing that uh, a lot of people in the world even stay married because they get so selfish and you put two selfish people together they're not going to last they're not and then finally at the end wisdom and wise decision helps us personally I think that's the last one. And, and again, it's the opposite order of the world, but it, it helps us to do and to live the way God wants us to do. 
And sometimes it's strange to think about uh, uh, ourselves not being the main thing or the, the whole part of what wisdom does. But really think about how much the Bible talks about how our actions affect other people and how much the Bible talks about how we should treat other people. If it spends that much time telling how husbands should love their wives and, and how we should treat our neighbor and how parents and children and children and parents and ever all these different relationships, if it spends that much time talking about it, it's important. And that's what we see. And then so let's look at the passage, verse 1 of chapter 8 of Proverbs. Doth not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice? And you think about uh, when it comes to wisdom, what is this? This world almost treats it as a mystery, right? Almost that it's hidden and it has to be unlocked and you have to become a guru or talk to the right person or, or, or spend your life uh, traveling to some uh, ancient uh, uh, or faraway place and, and, and meet this ancient and civilization and do all these things and, and kind of crack a code and that's how you get wisdom. Yet the Bible's saying, doth not wisdom cry out. Wisdom is trying to get people's attention. Wisdom in the Bible, when it talks about godly wisdom, is not hiding. It's not hiding. It's not a mystery. It's not, uh, you know, a Gnostic thing or anything like that. It's something that's out, uh, crying out. Why does it have to cry out or almost yell? Because it's trying to get over the noise of this world. Right over the everything else crying out in this world. And you think about it. How many voices out there are trying to convince us what's right versus wrong? How many uh, voices out there trying to convince us what's true versus a lie? Uh, and you think about so many people have dedicated their lives uh, to, to worldly wisdom. They've made careers and everything over it. But here's the thing. Instead of the worldly way of having to pay great sums of money and, and knowing the right people and everything else to, get, to gain worldly wisdom, aren't you glad that it doesn't take money at all? It just takes listening uh, from the true wisdom of God from the Bible. And it is crying out from every page of Scripture, isn't it? It's there. And look at verse 2. She standeth in the top of high places by the way in the places of the past. And do you see where uh, you're thinking? Remember, he's saying wisdom is kind of like a person right here. This analogy, like wisdom is a woman crying out. Where is she at? She's standing on the high places. She's not in a cave hiding away. Uh, so where you have to go all the way and find her and sneak in and everything. No, she's on top of the mountain proclaiming it. That's what she's saying. So the most, and by the way, in the places of the past, she is where the most people will hear her. You think about the crossroads, you know, at a busy intersection. That's what uh, uh, the, the writer here, the Holy Spirit's trying to, to show us, hey, this is where wisdom is at. And you think about it. Where can you find godly wisdom today? Where can you find it? You can find it uh, just about anywhere. The bookstore, uh, uh, the, 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 the Walmart, the Meyer, that kind of a store, the library, the internet. Uh, why, why are you saying all these places? There's Bibles everywhere, right? And we have instant access to the Bible wherever we, uh, in our phones and in a computer and in tablets and everything else. Uh, the Bible is there and it's almost like it's shouting out for people to read it and for people to apply it. But what happens today? What happens? You know, I thought about this. 
I think, and, and I don't, I'm not big into stats and everything else, but I have seen a decline in people in their understanding and their knowledge of the Bible. Just any part of it, whether they read it or know even simple things from the Bible, I'm seeing the, the understanding go downhill, aren't you? Yet, we are living in a time, if you think about it, never in a time in history of this world has the Bible been so available than now. Think of a time. I mean, you think even the most remote places, it can beam a satellite signal down and have a little dish that's cheap and pick up the internet anywhere in the world. You can pick up the Bible. And it's been translated in so many different languages today. That wasn't the truth not very long ago. You didn't have to go very long ago. And if someone didn't physically ship a book, uh, a, a, a paper Bible in that language, they wouldn't have it. You can't say the same thing today, right? Yet the knowledge of it is going the other way. It is crying out for anyone that will go and grab one. It's there, but the world's walking right by it. They're ignoring it. They're racing towards every sinful idea, right? You know what I notice? I don't know if you notice this at the store. I know it's like this at the, uh, the Delaware Mire and maybe other places. You got all kinds of books. And I took a marketing class or two uh, uh, from uh, some pretty good professors down at Ohio State. And they, they talk about this one professor. He made it sound so simple of how they lay out things to sell and everything else. And he was talking about things at eye level, of course, for the adults. Eye level down for the kids and everything. You know what's all the way at the bottom? That's where the Bible is, right? Have you seen it? All the way down there, way at the bottom. It's crying out. It's there. They're walking right by it. Why? Because they'll pick up everything else instead. Every other self-help book they'll pick out instead. Instead of trying to seek guidance from God's word, the problem is Christians are doing it too. I don't know how many times you've heard me say this. It drives me crazy. Uh, you know, it'll be on social media or something like that. And some Christian will go out there and say, hey, I need a good book for this problem in my life or for this situation or for this couple that's running into this problem. And it drives me crazy because you know what I want to say? This right here, it's the Bible right here. Go to this book and that's all you need. But they're walking right by it. But not only do we have the Bible, but the wonderful thing about God putting us together as a body of believers, as a church together, is we have examples and we've got people that we can turn to. I'm telling you what, if you see a Christian brother or sister, you think about this. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those that are uh, earlier in the parenting thing, you know, uh, with very young kids. Uh, but I can look at someone who's got older kids that have uh, raised godly children and uh, faithfully followed the Lord. I can talk to someone like that and get guidance from them. Why? Because they put the Bible in application. What is that? That's wisdom. They've lived a wise life and I can learn from them too. See, he's put us together for that. We can teach one another and help one another and you could do that for all kinds of things but I tell you what if you're going to look for someone uh, to help you in areas of biblical wisdom make sure you can see it in their life verse 3 she crieth at the gates at the entry of the city at the coming in at the doors see in Bible times it's a little different uh, in our time 
Usually at the very middle of the city is where the courthouse is, where all the stuff happens, right? All the main decisions and, and, and the recorders and everything else are all kind of in the middle of the city where the most people are. But in those days, in Bible times, it was at the gate of the city. That's where the leaders were. That's where they would transact uh, business, you know, two men and, and have witnesses and everything else. They would do all sorts of important things right there at the gate of the city. And what's wisdom doing? She's crying at the gates, at the entry of the city, at the coming into the doors. What is she crying out to? The leaders of the city. She's crying out to the government. You see that? She's crying out to the government. And you think about the government of our land, our county, our state, our nation. And what do we see? A lacking of godly wisdom, don't we? It's lacking, isn't it? It's, I, 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 could you just imagine for a second what it would look like if we had a true, we had true Christians in office, right? All across this land. This place, it would be different. No, I'm not just talking about putting in Christian laws and rules. No, I'm talking about real Christians leading the nation. I can't even imagine what that would look like. Do you? Why? Because she's crying out and they don't want to hear it. They want to hear what the special interests want to say, uh, you know, what the uh, lobbyists want to say and uh, what the polls want to say and everything else. But as wisdom is crying out, they're going the other direction. Unto you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. That's verse 4. And here's the problem. Every amen that we just said in verse 3, now we've got to use it against ourselves in verse 4, right? All the wisdom that we said the leaders of our government need, all now needs to be turned right to us in verse 4. I'm telling you what, the president of the U.S., he needs godly wisdom. But you know what? The Bible says, unto you, O men, I call. He's saying, you know who else needs wisdom? We do. We do. We need godly wisdom that shines forth from our lives that will shine in our homes and our schools and our workplaces. And this is the thing. The Bible gives us this wisdom for free. In fact, it's more valuable. Who go on later on and say uh, it's more valuable than rubies and gold and everything else. And it's given away for free. All this concentration. Again, you don't have to go to the guru. You don't have to go to all these places or travel to some faraway uh, land and decode something from ancient times. It's right here in English for us and it's available. It's crying out. And I tell you, there's a lot of wisdom in this book of Proverbs. It's here. But here's the thing. What are we going to do with it? You know, if we think about wisdom and the author of Proverbs is Solomon. King Solomon, remember, he's David's son. He took over as king after David died. And he had this conversation in 1 Kings chapter 3. Uh, uh, the Lord appears to him and, and at night. And in verse 5 of 3, God asks, he says, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant David, my father, great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth and in righteousness and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness that that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. Listen to this. And I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may be, that I may 
discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, thy so great a people? And this and the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. You think about that. Not only is he asking for wisdom, but he is humbling himself right at the beginning. He's saying, I, I am a child when it comes to ruling this nation. I don't even know what I'm doing. This people is too great. The responsibility is too great. Uh, you know, you can tell him what he's saying. He doesn't want to be a failure. He doesn't want to disappoint God. Uh, so he is pleading with God to give him wisdom to what? To be able to discern what's to make choices, to make good choices good judgments to live the right way to rule the right way and you're thinking well mike what's that mean to us i'm not going to be a king over a nation we're not going to rule over anyone but you know what we can do the exact same thing solomon did we can humble ourselves we can ask god for wisdom James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Three different ways he says he'll give it to us. But remember, this is like last week. This is one of those conditional promises we talked about last week. What's that mean? You'll only unlock that promise if you meet the conditions. What's he say? If any of you lack wisdom, you've got to first do like Solomon did and humble yourself and say, God... I don't know everything. I'm not even close. Lord, help me. Whether it's help me uh, in, in finances, help me in relationships, help me uh, with coworkers, help me with whatever, family, with the lost, help me. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and he will give it every time. And I, I said this last week, many of us are missing godly wisdom. And think of all the decisions we could have made differently if we had it. Think of the ways we could have handled decisions or handled situations differently. Just think of all the differences. And here's the thing. It's not God's fault if we lack wisdom. He said, I'll give it to you as much as you want. I won't hold back. That's what he said. He'll give it liberally. He's not withholding. But are we asking for it? And then wisdom is calling. And it made me think, are we listening? Wisdom is crying out. That's what's said in chapter 1 and in chapter 8, the same thing, crying out. This book has so much wisdom in its pages. But if you keep it closed, it's not going to help you at all. It's not going to help me. And here's the thing. The Bible contains so much wisdom in it because it's for us. You know what that tells me? We need a lot of wisdom because we don't even know how to live. Now imagine saying that to this world. You don't even know how to live right. You don't even know how to make right decisions. You don't even know what's right and wrong. They'd say, you're crazy. I'd say, no, that's what God's saying. And that's why he gave us everything that we need, that we don't need anything else. And here's the awful truth. When man decides what's right and wrong, when man decides what you should do and shouldn't do, what does it lead to every time? Disaster and death every single time. And I'm glad God turns us the other way to life and righteousness and peace and everything else. Man, whenever he uh, makes decisions, it always turns to sin. But God points us in the direction of righteousness. But I'm glad. I'm glad that with his wisdom, we can be led in a different life, in a different direction. We can be led uh, and be spirit filled and people can see the change that's inside of us uh, from salvation uh, that changes the heart. But not only the heart, but after that heart is changed, then those changes, uh, the Holy Spirit starts working on us. 
And the more we allow him to work on us and more we allow his word to work on us, the more it shows on the outside. And I'm glad. That's what I want people to see. I want people to see a change in my life. And not just the change from when I got saved uh, uh, to 30 I want, or, or, or to now. I want people to see uh, uh, continually, uh, year after year, uh, uh, my, my tongue getting a little better, my patience getting a little better, uh, uh, you know, all these different things, the way I want to see it get better. Not so I can get the glory, but I can keep pointing them back to the Lord and say, the Lord is doing that. It's him. James 3.13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. It gives us the final result or the, the test or whatever you want to think of. Who's a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation. And now remember, in the King James Version, conversation is not just the mouth. It includes what you say, but it's your whole life. It's all your actions. It's everything. His works with meekness of wisdom. If we're truly filled with biblical wisdom, it'll show. You can't hide it. You can't hide it. It's much different than this world. And God will bless it. I'm glad that we've got a book where he's given us everything we need. But again, just like we talked about last week with the promises, all those precious promises are no good if we don't take hold of them. And all the wisdom in the Bible is no good if we don't apply it to our life. We're going to open up the altar tonight.